Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Cody. Um, some guy in the church named Kenny. He's some guy in the church named Kenny. Uh, so today is a little different. Uh, Pastor Matt's on vacation, and so the show must go on. Hey. So we're uh, we're filling in, or he's filling in. I'm filling in. He's scraping the bottom of the barrel, I guess. <laughs> yep, we picked him up off the street, and, and here we are. So, Kenny, what are we talking about today? We're talking about one of your favorite subjects, rest or uh, napping. <laughs> I do I do love rest. Um, so, yeah, so my sermon this past weekend, I filled in. I was the fill-in that they drug off the street for Pastor Matt. <laughs> um, and my message was titled, uh, The Rest is History. Um, and I thought about that, and I thought it was good. Because it was pretty good. In a... <laughs> In our culture, uh, rest is often lost on a lot of us for different reasons. And so I thought that with rest being as important as it is, it is history, but it also doesn't have to be. So that was kind of my my thought there with my play on words. I was just about to say it was a nice little play on words, nice little pun. You know, the, out of all of the prep time, it probably took me the longest to come up with a snappy <laughs> title. And that's always how it goes. And the struggle is that I can't work like I have to have a title before I start the message. Really? Yeah, I can't, which sounds backwards, and I've really tried it the other way, but it just, it doesn't work. I don't really know why. I have to have a title first. See, I would have figured, you know, like, get halfway through through it, and then come up with a title that just matches. I have no idea. I don't preach. That's not my bit. That's not my game. He doesn't. I've tried. <laughs> I've tried. I'm not a good teacher. <laughs> I think you are, but I think that you just, yeah, you got to believe I gotta work in yourself. On that. Um, we'll see. Yeah, and I think for me, too, like, I fill in a lot. Or not a lot, but when I do preach, I'm usually filling in. And so, like, it's a topical message. So it kind of, I'll pick a topic that I've been reading on or studying. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is a good, this is a fun, it's a fun name for said topic, you mm-hmm. know. So I guess maybe it's different if you're going chapter by chapter and trying to come up with something because you're working. Then I think that you would be working a title onto it after you've figured out what the text is saying. Right. You know? I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bad preacher. There's that's, <laughs> no, you're that's, not. <laughs> I'm definitely not that. That's too. That could be the case. Um, Everybody has their own ways. Mm-hmm. We sure do. Anyway, so yeah, we talked about rest. So I love to nap. I'm very passionate about it. I'm an Enneagram 9, and maybe that's not what rest is, but <laughs> part of it. So I know nothing about the Enneagram, Enneagrams. Oh, Everybody tells me you, know, you should go take one. It'd be good for you, good for your marriage. I just never did you it. You know what it is? It's like a thing Christians use that's like the right. horoscope, but it's not. <laughs> we don't believe in uh, astrology here. We believe yeah. in the anagrams. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, uh, rest. This is this has always been like a topic that's always kind of it's never really clicked with me. I know you kind of mentioned it in the beginning where. God, this all-powerful God, in the first six days, he's doing all this creating, universe is nothing, and here's everything, and then he takes a break. It's yeah. very kind of counterproductive to this all-powerful God. He's strong. He can create everything just by speaking, but he needs a nap. Yeah, and it's weird, and I kind of, you know, for really my adult life, I've always kind of been, the stock response has always been like, oh, well, he was setting a pattern for the Sabbath so the people could yeah. have rest, and I'm like, Okay, that makes sense. But then when you read into it more, it's like, oh, okay, well, that really doesn't make sense. You know, no. to, to set a pattern for something that's made to be a sign or a reminder of something, like Exodus says, I think it's Exodus 31, you know, it kind of, it like circles back in on itself, if that's how we view that. 
Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I've always been told it's a pattern, but like, I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess lead by example is just the way to do it. But at the same time, like, you know, you're God. You just, hey, take a break. You're human. You're not like me. You don't, you're not all powerful. You're not everlasting or whatever. So you need a break. Yeah. And then the, the stock explanation is so in order to compel us to take a break, he himself took a break. And so we should mimic that is the thought, I think. But when we dig into it further, and if you if you uh, if you heard the message or if you watched the message, you kind of know where I'm going with this. But there's, you know, Genesis one. The view that I take is that it's not a, and I think it gets messy. And you and I butt heads on this sometimes, <laughs> as far as a literal view of of Genesis one, and then a view that, you know, you take the imagery for what it is and what it would have meant, and it, it's it's far different. You know, the story of Genesis one. It's not that of a, a detailed explanation as to how the cosmos was formed or how the universe was made, but, you know, God is setting up his temple. And by doing that, you know, he then, as the deity of said temple, has to rest in it after it is complete. And so in the message, I kind of hit on the fact that he, you know, he completes the setup work, and I use the illustration of our iMac in the sound booth. Right. And basically, you know, there is setup work getting that computer from the factory to work. You, you know, you upload your user profile, you get your apps, and then it's ready to go to work. And once it's done, you're, you're, you transition from setup work to actually using the machine for what it was made to do. And so my view of, of Genesis 2, or Genesis 1 and 2, is that, you know, it's not so much he's resting because he's tired or he's setting a pattern, but he's resting because he's transitioning into an active state hmm. of resting in his resting place. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's different, right? Very different. And it's like when you look at how this whole pattern would have been done back then, it's so unusual to work, work, work five days and then, or six days and then actually take a break in the ancient world because, you know, you don't have refrigerators. Like, you yeah. work every single day. You go get water every single day. You need to get food every single day or else you're going to die. Right. You know, I think I actually think about that a lot. Like probably on the daily basis, I wonder like how people stored food before refrigerators. And I know that like salt is a preservant, but I'm like there's only, that only goes so far. You yeah. know, like I just I don't know. Yeah, salt I need answers is what I'm saying. <laughs> Salt um, as a preservant, like, that's definitely the number one way that they would have did it. They also had um, a medieval or ancient refrigerator of sorts where they would dig holes in the ground. Uh, like a... Like a wine cellar of mm-hmm. sorts where, like, yeah. you know, whenever you t- tunnel down, the earth is just, you know, colder down there. So, it you could store some food down there. I mean, once again, without preservatives like we have nowadays no refrigeration no freezers right, it's, it's like only lasts so long time yeah you know what i just noticed and i can't not say it as you actually said earth with a I th <laughs> i just i i heard it and i was expecting it to not so, go that way and it did so for those that you don't know i've been bullied for the cu- past couple of months between like him years. and his wife <laughs> or yeah years really because you know pre-covid i was still doing that i don't say th is that well i usually say earth Earth, yeah, Which, that's what he says. And now, whenever I am around him or Chelsea, I am making a conscious effort to any time there's a th, there's a th. So I yeah. have to say Earth. We're working on his grammar. 
This is, is that a grammar issue? Probably not. It's a pronunciation issue. Yeah, it's more, I guess yeah. kind of one and the same. Like I, I know, know, I know it's DH. It's just he knows. He just doesn't. School failed me. You know, the Bible says to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. So we're working on him. And um, now he's doing Bible. Pronounced. <laughs> um, yeah, I love you so much, though. Um, but yeah, we. He, I lost hey, my train of thought now. Pray, yeah, pray <laughs> for pray for him because he's just, he's subject to my madness all the time. Um, and there's some madness. You all see the slides he does at teen class. It's true. <laughs> um, poor guy. I don't <laughs> even know where we were. <laughs> I, well, we were talking about rest in the ancient world of how they, um, you know, they would, and that's and that's another layer to it too. As we look at this rest command, and we're like, oh, that's such a blessing to be able to rest one day per week. And yeah. when you think about Torah in the context of, you know, being delivered to a, a people who were previously slaves, um, you know, for yeah. this idea of rest to be so prevalent and so mandated, really, uh, is a blessing. And then you think about it from the perspective of, okay, so this was an agrarian culture. Uh, they farmed, they raised livestock. What um, is agrarian? Agrarian, like agriculture. Okay, that's Farmers. what I thought. I yeah. just wanted to make sure. That was yeah. a big word. Yeah, this is why I have him here. Because he needs to to filter the the big words that I use. You could just say dumb it down. I noticed you wanted to say that. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't say that. Maybe. Um, but yeah, you think but you think about it from that perspective, and as a farmer, like you really I mean, I guess in with today's technology, it's a and maybe employment, it's a smidge different, but you don't like the Sabbath was a command that spread. Like if you had servants that worked for you on your farm, they also had a Sabbath. Um, like there was no work to be done under penalty of death. Um, and to stop, you know, to stop, to stop farming, to stop, uh, you know, tending to your flock and your animals, like it, that's a big, big step of faith. And kind of where we circled around to in the message was that it was such a big step of faith. Like that's ultimately what Sabbath or what Shabbat ing is about is the fact that you're, you're stepping back for one whole day every week and you're allowing God to control the increase that you lose by not working that day. You know, you're giving, you're effectively giving that over to him. Yeah. And that's really interesting, especially because if you were to put that in today's terms, you know, we work five days and we take two days off, but in back then you would, you would have worked seven days. So you would work six, take one off. Just imagine that today you work four days and take one off. So you're losing a day's paycheck. That's like, a good way of putting it. I like that. Like for me, that is terrifying. Like mm-hmm. I know I, you know, I'm very fortunate. I'm well off. I'm very blessed. But at the same time, if me and my wife were to only work four days and we are both lose one day of work each day, I don't know what I do. Like that, and that, that's, that's scary. Like that really is putting all your faith in God to be able to say, Hey, I know you're going to take care of me, even though I'm going to take one day off. That is scary. And honestly, in today's culture, if you did that, you know, people would look at you and say like, oh, well, no wonder you're in financial ruin. Like you won't work. Yeah. <laughs> you won't work the same amount that everybody else does. You know, do you think that you're better? Or you deserve more? It would be the response. And I think it was the same in the ancient world, because the, especially, you know, if you're a slave, like the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, like you don't get a day off. If you're a farmer, like you don't really get a day off either. You know, and if you do, it's because you have somebody working for you. But the Sabbath rules that out, too. Right. Um, And then the whole like to me, the most amazing part of it is the Sabbath of the land. You know, I talked about that for I probably didn't give that the attention that it deserves. 
Um, well, that's what this is for. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's why we're here. Um, but what's interesting about that, and if you didn't hear it, um, you know, Israel, one of the Sabbaths that they were supposed to partake in, uh, they would work their land and farm it for six years. And then the seventh year, they just wouldn't touch it. Which is even scarier. Scary. You know, and they would just trust that God would allow the amount of food uh, that they would need for them and their animals to grow from the ground. And they wouldn't, you know, it goes as far as to say, like, don't even trim your trees. Like, don't, like, don't touch them is what God tells them. Now, what's interesting, and I brought this up in the first service, and I, it, <laughs> the tech issues really got to me this morning, honestly. <laughs> I, it there was, yeah, our stream crashed. Uh, or it didn't crash. It just didn't go up right. And I had to cancel it and redo it. And we had some other issues to work through. Um, and by the time I got up to preach, I was just like, my head was spinning uh, six different ways, which isn't, an, which is not an excuse. Um, Things but it kind though. of, yeah. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be a normal Sunday if there wasn't some sort of a tech issue. You know, you said that earlier and it's true. You know, it's, there's always, I came in this morning and I expected everything to be in working order. And one of the cameras wasn't working. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I don't really do too much of the tech stuff, but, like, I hear you and Matt and uh, Kyle and everybody talking about all the microphones and the stuff in the, in the sound booth, and it just sounds like something is always going wrong. A mic doesn't yes. work. The camera's not connecting. Facebook is stupid. Everything is stupid. Mm -hmm. every Everything is stupid. It is. <laughs> and that's, you know... Uh, the guy who does the screens was like, you know, hey, did I mess up the live stream? And I was like, no, that's just, it's just something that happens with Facebook sometimes. It just doesn't, we've got gigabit internet. We've got good streaming software. You guys have done so much to improve everything. And it's yeah, like just, and then it still it doesn't, doesn't work. <laughs> There's like, and it's so frustrating. Um, but yeah, where were we? Talking about Sabbath. Oh, the Sabbath for the land. Oh yeah, seven, um, seven Yeah. Um, but, and you know, we have no record in scripture of Israel actually Sabbathing the land, like taking that break. And so one of the things that if you read Ezekiel 23, um, you know, over and over and over again, and really even in the sounding in the surrounding chapters, it, uh, God talks about, you know, one of the reasons that they're in exile is because they profaned the Sabbath, right. um, which, when you think about the exile, I mean, it was pretty brutal. I mean, they got, you know, they were wiped out. The northern ten tribes were wiped out by the Assyrians and scattered to the wind. Um, and Which, then, in a way, is kind of being put to death. Where, like... Uh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah that's Genesis true. Yeah, Genesis talks about if you don't mm -hmm. honor it, you get put to death. Well, in a circle. way, that is. Yeah. It, they were put into extreme bondage and extreme exile for that's true. a couple hundred years. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't kill off the entire nation. Well, but. I mean, you figure... You know, I mean, the, you know, the Assyrians came along and, and did the damage long before, Brutal. long before Nebuchadnezzar came to take Jerusalem and, and Judah. Um, so a long time. And I mean, most of them died, you know, and the ones that did survive were, you know, the Assyrians would take and they would mix populations. So if they conquered, you know, northern Israel, they would take them and move them somewhere, different province, and then they would take um, other people and move them in. So there was no... Like, it minimized the threat of an uprising right. if they did it that way. And so that was like that for a long time before Judah was taken over by Nebuchadnezzar. And then they were in exile altogether, you know, from Judah for 70 years in Babylon. And, you know, but one of the, if you do the math, you know, God's pretty clear, like, you're in exile for 70 years because that's, like, that's how long the land needs to rest because you did not let the land rest. Right. And that was the principle behind the Sabbath for the land was, I mean, it, 
again, it's a faith thing. That's the big idea. But at the same time, like the land, and we know this just, you know, common knowledge, like soil needs time to rest. Like farmers rotate fields mm-hmm. and there's certain things. I'm not a farmer, but I'm just speaking from what I do. Replenish the natural nutrients and stuff like that. Right. And so God was like, yeah, well, the land's going to enjoy a nice rest when you're serving Babylon. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> could rest. You know, but 70 divided by however many, you know, Sabbath cycles they missed. I mean, 10, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's how it er, works. Wait a minute. No, no, no. It's one. It was one year for every Sabbath cycle that they missed. So it's like so seven. So it would be reverse. So 490? Seven times 70 would be the number, I guess. Yeah, 490. Which brings, now that I'm thinking about it, brings a whole lot more meaning to, you know, when Peter was like, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother if he offends me? And Jesus said, seven right. times 70. That's interesting. That is interesting. I just thought of that. I don't, I'm going to have to chase that. Um, and Numerology see that is a thing. Yeah, right. It is. It, there's there's <laughs> some truth to that. Um, man, that's good. I got to chase that. I'll have some more on that next week. Um, it's actually kind of funny. Like as you were preaching, I just, in my head, I was just wondering if the math worked out correctly. I did with the whole every seven years, you know, take a take a break. I did because of 2020 and the pandemic and whatnot, and everybody in America took a break. I went, huh? I wonder if 1776 minus or 2020 minus 1776 divided by seven like worked out perfectly. It didn't. Oh, I was man. really hoping. That's a like, bummer. Honestly, I might have just like wa- jumped out of my seat and just walked out and went for a big walk. If like it equally <laughs> equally divided, because like my mind would have been freaking blown. Oh yeah, America had. Uh, I would. Been, I honestly would have been freaked out. <laughs> yeah, you know what I miss about when everything was shut down was the roads were empty. Dude, it was, it so, was nice. so nice. Oh, All of us Lord. essential people had to go to work. The essential people know how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Y'all are causing All the you traffic. non-essential <laughs> people could have stayed home, and it would have been great. Um, yeah, but that's man, seven times seventy. That's just like. There's something there. I know there is. There's a reason Jesus said that. Um, whew, man, that light keeps flickering. Did you notice that? I didn't, but now when it flickers, I'm going to notice it. Yeah. It's going to annoy me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and there's so much to this idea of rest. And honestly, I just skimmed the surface. I probably could have put in more. Um, but it's interesting when oh, you it's look so at deep. You know, when you, and uh, somebody told me, and I brought this up in the nine o'clock as well, it didn't make it to the 11, but. Uh, I met with an older gentleman this week and he was telling me, you know, randomly the the topic of rest came up and I was like, it's funny you said that because I'm preaching on that Sunday, Um, (laughs) you know, and uh, he was like, you know, I've, I've heard it said that, you know, all of the 10 commandments, um, whatever, you know, you could break, if you break whichever one, pick one, you know, you break it and there are very real consequences to those actions. Right. And he was like, but today, even today. And he was like, you know, today, you know, all nine of them, you you would face consequences for. Um, you could lose your job. You could ruin your marriage. Um, but he was saying that, hmm. you know, the Sabbath, though, like breaking the Sabbath, you would be applauded and given a pat on the back for it. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's true. If you think about it. Yeah. You know, even in church work, it's like if you're not running a million miles an hour all the time and, you know, you could like, oh, man, our pastor works hard or oh, man, and Pastor Matt, you do work hard. Um but you know, but it's know like, it but it's like applauded that you never take a break and you're just hustling. You yeah, know, it, even within a a culture, a church culture that should have a biblical worldview, right? You know, it's just it's pretty wild because it's true. Yeah, you look at any of the uh, big time businessmen or 
the millionaires and the billionaires like Elon Musk. He works. He talks about how he works 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. He never stops going. And even when he is resting, more like, you know, falling asleep or whatever, his mind is still going. And that's just applauded. It's, just it's how still cranking. Yeah. Well, um, William Buffett. Why does that not sound right? Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Thank you. Wow. You're thinking, maybe you're Brain thinking fart. of Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Those two are not the same. <laughs> not, definitely not the same. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett's way better. But, you know, Warren Buffett, he talks about how he works 70, 80 hours a week, which is just bonkers. Like, that's a ton of time, and it's just go, 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 go mm-hmm. to make that one extra dollar. And here we're talking about, you know, taking an entire day off. Yeah. And, like, I don't even necessarily do that, whereas I may not be working, like, my actual job job. But, like, Saturday I'm still working on the house. Sunday I I come here. we I help out minimal, nowhere near as, like, what you do. But then I'll go home and I'll do more housework or yard work or something or whatever. You know, I'm always working. Like, I don't even technically take a break. Yeah, it's true. And I think we all kind of get in that cycle. And by the way, you do a lot here on Sunday. So yeah. shut your mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> subordinate. Uh, <laughs> I don't do nearly as much as you guys do. So, like, well, that's I help in teen class. Neither here nor there. It <laughs> matters. Uh, it's not the time. It's the impact. Yeah, yeah. you agree. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do what I can. (laughs) It's true. And I think that, you know, for me, the issue is like, so you think about guys like Elon Musk and I love, I love Elon Musk. So do I, you know, he's such a Twitter cracks me up. It's true. And I don't know how he does it, but I mean, you look at his life and you look at, you know, he wants to die on Mars. That's his goal. (laughs) Is that really his goal? It's true. He said, I want to die on Mars. (laughs) That's his, like one of his life goals. I've never seen that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but you think so about like how many how many relationships has he burned through, you know how many divorces. I think he's, there's no way this one's gonna stick that he's with now either. But no. like you know, just his whole like the stuff about his life that should matter just doesn't because he's a workaholic. Yeah. You know, and that's a prime people example. like that are just wired differently. They are, and but think about in that situation though, like how different. What would his life look like if he actually took time to take care of himself and those that were around him? You know what I mean? That's actually interesting. I wonder what that would look like. You know? I mean, sure, Tesla would look different and SpaceX would look different. But, like, does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? I mean, do androids actually need to take a break? I don't believe he's human. Okay. <laughs> I'll like, give him a pass because he <laughs> may not be human. He might be an alien. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's if, there, if anybody was, it's him. Yeah. Um, or, plot twist, Alex Jones is secretly <laughs> an alien. He's been He's been hiding the whole time. Now that's a plot twist. Yeah, that is a plot twist. <laughs> Excuse me, we're going to go take a break and put our tinfoil hats on. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you just think about, and I think that like, you know, like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you know, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And I think we're so, you know, we work because we're so concerned about getting what we feel like we need. And we, you know, we just bulldoze God in the process. Yeah. We, we bulldoze the fact that, you know, and again, I... <laughs> We could talk about application of Old Testament law all day long. Oh. You know, but for me, the bottom line is the, you know, the law or, or Torah, however, you, the Pentateuch, like it points to, to be Torah abiding is to abide in the Messiah. You know, that is that is the fulfillment of that. 
So now you all the time want to like have a slogan, put Matt's face on it. Like that, that will be yours. Be Torah buying is to dwell in the Messiah. Yep. We'll have a picture of you and we'll put that on there. I'm going to get a t-shirt with that. <laughs> yeah. But so you think about that and then we, so we're not like, we're not punished. We're not going to be punished with death. If we don't Sabbath, we're not going to be punished if we don't rest. But the principle is the same. The, the principle and the wisdom behind that. And that's what God said when he gave the Israelites the law is that, you know, the nations around you will see my wisdom and, and know better about who I am based on you practicing this, you yeah. know, practicing Torah, you know. And, you know, so we can take that and we can confidently say that, A, we don't have to keep the Sabbath if we don't choose to. Paul was pretty clear about that in the New Testament as well. You know, the church isn't, right. you know, Sabbath keeping isn't a tenet of our belief system. It's just not. Um, but at the, at the same time, like if the law is wisdom, plot twist, all of the Bible's wisdom literature, take that Bible project. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I love that. Um, you know, and that's, uh, well, I'll finish this thought and then I'll move on. Um, but you know, as wisdom literature, we should, when we're studying the old Testament, we should be able to look at that and say, I don't have to do that, but why did God tell them to do that? Right. Like, what is the it's, wisdom behind that? And then you look at laws like, you know, uh, God told them, like, when you build houses, when you get into the land, like, build parapets on the roof. Like, I don't have parapets on my roof, partially because I got an A-frame. And secondly, because I wouldn't do it anyway because I'm not having parties on my roof. I don't even know what that is. Or maybe is. I would. I can't speak to that. Um, I don't even know what that is. But it's like I, a, it's like, you know how, like, uh, like row homes have, like, if it's a flat roof, they have, like, barriers in between them oh. on the rooftop. That's what it is. But oh, okay. the point behind that was that, um, you know, you want like there there were, were rooftop gatherings and you want it to be safe for families and children. And God cared about that. And so the root of it isn't that, uh, you know, build a parapet like that's legalism. The, the issue at heart here is like love your neighbor. That right. That's the ultimate issue, which is why Jesus said the greatest commandments are love God, love your neighbor. You know? Yeah. That's I digress. That's something that I always look at, like, God didn't just say, hey, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, just because he's God and he just wanted to put a whole bunch of rules into our lives. There was always a reason for it. You know, why take that year off? Well, so the land can replenish itself. It's good for you. In the long run, you get more harvest, you're more well taken care of, even though short term you may be suffering a bit. Right. And that kind of goes for everything, you know, the parapets. Mm-hmm. Why do this extra thing? Oh, so your neighbor doesn't fall off and hurt themselves or mm-hmm. worse. Yeah, exactly. There's but, always a reason. <clears throat> right. And to me, the focal point of it is that it's a faith exercise, in essence, is what the Sabbath was. Oh, it's definitely a faith you know, exercise. And if, like you said, if you were to do that today, um, you know, only working four days, four eight-hour days, not four tens, because those are not the same. Right, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, if you only worked four eight-hour days and you're effectively cutting out 20% of your livelihood, what would that look like for you? That's a big step of faith. I'm not saying you should do that, but that's, that's a good prime example of that's a prime example of what the Sabbath looked like to the crowd that received it. And yeah. that's important too when we're talking about Old Testament theology is that it was received by a certain people group at a certain time. And those standards and and ethics don't apply equally across generations. You know, we have to look at that and use wisdom to kind of figure out what that looks like for us. Right. Something you mentioned before, and I never really thought of it until you said it. When Israel was in bondage and slavery to Egypt, 
Babylon, wherever. Did they actually follow that? Um, did they actually follow the Sabbath along with having to work for their masters? So, like, I assume, like, let's say Egypt. Mm-hmm. Egyptians were, you know, they're having them build bricks or having them gather food or whatever for Egypt. Would they work seven days a week for Egypt and then on that seventh day also, like, take a break for themselves so, like, they don't even gather for themselves so they're working for Egypt and hurting themselves? Uh, well, I think th- as far as Babylon is concerned, I think that if they were privileged enough to, to practice Sabbath, they could. Um, and I think that they're, they're – and, you you know, you think about – how their standard of living changed from their, you know, the first wave or the first, so under Nebuchadnezzar and then, you know, the change in rank multiple times. And then you get all the way to, uh, you know, the Persians in Esther, you know, they for sure practice Sabbath, um, whether they did right away or not, I don't know. Um, but Egypt was a different story because the, the Sabbath wasn't instituted until, um, after they had been, yeah. So that's he knows you his know, timeline better. Hey, you know, you know what's interesting, and this is an interesting rabbit trail for whoever wants to look into it. But uh, the story of the manna falling from heaven and the quail is actually like that's like yeah. it talks about the Sabbath before the Sabbath was actually introduced and implemented, which is interesting. That that is I thought the Sabbath never thought about that. that. Did you? No, no. That time not, that timeline never actually. It doesn't add up, and that's <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> that that never actually clicked. I always thought the Sabbath was before man, and that's why it was just a further representation of it. Mm-hmm. And there's, <laughs> man, we could really get into the weeds on this one. I'm not gonna, um, <laughs> but there's, and that's why you know when you read, like it's clear that, and and so inspiration of scripture is a process, not a one time thing. You know, it's clear that, like, there's even notes that tell you as the reader within Scripture when things were changed or edited. Like, they, you know, they chased... uh, I'm just starting to figure that out. Yeah, like when Abraham and his armies chased, you know, the people who had captured Lot all the way up here, and they're like, that's Dan. But, you know, at the time that he did that, it wasn't Dan. And that was, like, late... And I may be thinking of, like, different place names, but, like, you know... even Even if it was written at the time of Moses, like, that place name was different... You know, it would have been different then than it was when it was actually recorded, and they changed these things, you know. And so there is a, there's like an editing process and, and multiple hands at work within Scripture. You know, it's not like somebody got hit over the head with something and they woke up and boom, there was a scroll in front of them. Right. You know, and I think a lot of us think that way, and I did for a long time. Um, but the, the text itself just shows that that just, it cannot be the case. You know, right. It is inspired, but maybe not in the way that we, we initially think little sidetrack with that you know growing up always i don't know why we did this as christians as fundamental baptists or whatever where i don't necessarily i never really put myself in the shoes of where this the bible was written to you know the bible was not written to us in 2020 right it was written to um to the jews pre you know christ way back when and whenever I would read the Bible and I would say, and such and such lasts even to this day. In my mind, I always went, oh, so that means like the 12 stones that's in the middle of Jordan. If I were to go find that spot in the river, I could find 12 stones stacked up. Right. That's not how that works. It's true. And I honestly and thought I that for a like, long time too. It's like, you know, <laughs> and it's like Solomon was the wisest man who had ever lived. Like, well, like up until that point or after. Yeah. We don't really know. I've never met that guy, <laughs> but he didn't build rocket ships. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he, 
it's a that's true though scale. and there's like right will you go there today and that monument still be there probably not no and definitely not because if it was we would know yeah and that's what one of those things especially for something like that in the middle of a river like it's been thousands of years there's no way those stones are still piled there if right. it is that's a miracle in and of itself yes and so but you take that right and then you can read that and you can say okay so when whoever wrote this like when was up until this day like how long was that standing for yeah you know and who <laughs> you know like did they was that story edited was it recorded later like there are all these questions that pop up i wonder if they, they were rabbit trailing that. and what i'm not saying is that you can't trust your bible you for sure can yes <laughs> but we're just talking about how this thing came together because we can only know so much yeah you know yeah that's interesting mm-hmm yeah it's it's good it's fun to think about in in appropriate amounts because <laughs> sometimes it gets a little crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. When you really start digging into it and digging into what does the Bible say in the original Hebrew, it's so much different. There's well, so I was many telling, um, I was talking to Carmen this morning, and I was like, you know, it's funny, um, and I was like, I really just wish translations would be better at because there's so much about like you know the word you know Mashiach in Hebrew is 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 used a lot. I think less than people would expect, but more than you read. What is Mashiach? Messiah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to transliterate it, it would be Messiah. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's different. It's a whole lot different when you read through the Psalms. Like I was, I think it was Psalm 137 or Psalm 132 that I referenced in my message. And later in the Psalm, it talks about the Lord's anointed. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of an ambiguous term. But if you were to literally translate that from Hebrew, it would be Yahweh's Messiah. That comes across mm-hmm. way different than just the Lord's anointed. Yeah, because the Lord's anointed, I also think of a priest. Right. You could think of a priest, the high priest, not just the Messiah. That mm-hmm. is, that actually is totally different. Mm-hmm. And you know what's great is the, you know, so the, that's the, that's why, like, anointed or Messiah became, like, stock. Um, you know, well, Messiah language, talking about, you know, the one who was to come. But, like, just to use the term anointed implies that it's a priest king. Because, you know, in biblical theology, you know, priests were anointed and kings were anointed. And so just to be the anointed one, like you could be both of those things. Hmm. And that's kind of the picture that develops about who was to be in the person of Jesus. And, you you know, just to say, oh, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, which Christos in Greek is the same. You know, if you read the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's where Mashiach would be in Hebrew. It's Christos, Christ, you know, as we get it. Um but hmm. that term means a whole lot more when, when you're reading over it and it's actually like they just drop the Messiah bomb, but they never do. And I've, I've yet to find a translation that does. Hmm. I don't know. That's just, that's just a personal thing. It's like we need a translation in the Bible with a very thick note section mm-hmm. of how they translate it, why tr- they translate it, just to kind of It's true. So there's a, sense of it. there's a group. I can't remember. I have it in my bookmarks somewhere, but there's a group that is doing a translation project and they're taking they're taking and creating volumes for every book of the New Testament mm. and they're each book they're compiling every single manuscript variant Whoa. and data and then they're translate and it's all one volume and I mean these are like fat volumes for like John Revelation like wow. all of the every manuscript that they have for a certain book they take it and they put it together and they're trying to put out a volume that has every translation every text variant mm. And now that's a as work. you would imagine, they've only done a handful in like forty years. Oh, know, I can imagine. But it's been going for so a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and that's just the New Testament that they're working on. I mean, Jude alone, they said, was a ridiculous volume, and Jude's a one-chapter book. You know, it's small; it's a page. 
Yeah, if you're gonna take every single manuscript, like, like you said, just Jude, like mm-hmm. that's a lot. Yeah, it's a big deal too. And when you think about it, um, you know, when you think about how many manuscripts that we have, because the, the New Testament letters were circulatory. And so people mm-hmm. would copy them. They'd go to the next church and they'd copy them and they'd send it to a community over yonder and they'd copy it. And I mean, we just have, you know, lo- manuscripts are loads of evidence of the fact that Paul's letters were widely accepted and circulated. And that's part of the reason why we have the New Testament canon that we have is that we know which texts were considered and widely accepted in the ancient world based on just how many of them exist. Hmm, you that know, makes sense. Like there's, <laughs> you know... If you have 1,700 manuscripts of one versus three of another, you're like, oh, okay, well, this one was, you know. This one was sure. clearly something that everybody right. used. Yeah, and that's a factor, you know, when you, I think. That makes sense. You know, I mean, they canonized scripture a long time ago, but I would assume that's a factor, you know, as far as, or even today, as far as, like, validating the decisions that were made long ago. Right. Yeah, that's, that's actually one of the things I always wondered. How exactly did we come across these 66 books like why mm-hmm. are these in the bible and like i've heard different explanations like oh these are the ones we believe are inspired or this and that but just mm-hmm. on its face like you said you know you have thousands of copies of jude of john of this and that thousands is an exaggeration but for yeah. sure in the hundreds hundreds at yeah. least. thousands altogether in new testament tens of thousands in the new yeah. testament yeah, yeah, books, but yeah no i misspoke um, well, I know what you meant, but yeah, like, yeah. I know you meant 17,000 total, but like... Well, that's just... I was just taking a shot in the dark, honestly. Well, There's I mean, a lot, but... I was thinking 18,000 manuscripts. I mean, there, I that very know. well may be the truth. You're a Bible a, nerd. You know more of this than I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> manuscripts I'm interested in, but it's just kind of a passing thing, you know. Um, but yeah, it can't... Yeah, we could we could go on forever about the canon and why that is the way that it is and why it it isn't what it used to be because you have the, you know... The, the Protestant canon is different than the Catholic canon. And I used, well, we'll, we'll save that conversation for another time. <laughs> um, but anyway, to come full circle, um, do you have any, um, any other notes on rest that you want to talk about? Uh, not that I can think of. I'll probably think no. about it when we're done recording. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure there's something else I had. Yeah. And I think the, one of the quotes that I closed out, clo- <laughs> closed, um, Man, that's not going to die. That's going to live on the internet forever. <laughs> you make fun of me for not being able to yep. speak. <laughs> um, but one of the quotes that stuck with me that I read while studying was that, um, and it was a Michael Heiser quote, of course. Of course. He's he's, he's my favorite. Um, well, he's great, so. He, he is great. 31 episodes left for me of the Naked Bible. I think there's like 380 episodes, and I've listened to 340. I'll be honest. I had to stop because I'm so far behind. I think I've listened to like 45 or 50 of them. So yeah. like I've got years left it's true i have been like heavily consuming that content for probably over a year oh well and it's over. just i'm just now i'll probably be done in like a month or so you see i've taken a break from that to listen to others and like i've been on the uh unseen realm he's mm. fine he's been yelling how at many me hours how many hours are you in uh, uh how many hours i got 10 hours left i forget how many total. okay so you're probably like six and a half deep Something like that. I think it was a 17-hour book. Yeah. Carmen and I are actually going to do a study, I think, on Supernatural and do some great. videos on it. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. It's, that's a book. Yeah, it is. It's a really good book. And Supernatural is like the condensed version, but it's like the same content without the footnotes and um, counter-arguments, I think. But anyway, I digress. Um, so this idea of Sabbath rest, just to kind of put a nice little bow on it, um, 
you know, at the end of the message, we kind of circled back around to, um, you know, to rest or truly to, to Shabbat, the Hebrew term, um, you know, to cease, um, you know, it it effectively means that we, we are taking, you know, the Israelites made space every week and every seven years for the land Sabbath. And for us, like we can, you know, we can receive the same Sabbath rest that the writer of Hebrews is talking about, um, by taking and making space for God in our lives. And that accounts to, you know, literally taking our hands off of things that maybe we, that maybe are depriving us of sleep and rest and just saying, you know what, Lord, like do, do what you're going to do with it. And I'm fine with that. And it's the same thing. It's a step of faith just for us. Like it would be in the ancient world sure. for the Israelites. And it's just a, honestly, for me, it's had a profound impact on me just this week. We've had a lot going on and I'm just, I'm constantly reminding myself, like, I'm just, I just need to give it. I just need to give it over and let let God do what he's going to do, and I'm just going to be faithful uh, in the meantime, you know? One thought of that, what would a Sabbath rest in the Hebrew or in the ancient world look like? Is there anything on, like, would they literally just say, ah, I'm just going to chill back on my nice hay ba- ba- bed, bleh. My <laughs> hay just, bed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what their beds of. were made out of either. I just assume hay. Yeah. But, like, would they literally just chill or would they take that time as you know we just worship the lord all day long uh, i think i think it's it's changed throughout generations i mean i think now that there's i don't even know if we actually could could know that for sure i'm just wondering i mean speculation i think that there were sabbath feasts um you know you start off with a meal together as a family you sing some psalms um read some scripture pray and um you know overall just rest i mean no kind of work was permitted whatsoever and that you know the the scope of that got narrower in the New Testament to the point where, you know, when the disciples were walking through the cornfield with Jesus and they they chose to pick a piece of corn off to eat for themselves and the Pharisees were like, you broke the Sabbath, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just the scope of what it was changed over time. And, you know, after the temple was destroyed and you've had pretty much, you know, since then you've had rabbinic Judaism in different forms, um, you know, it's for sure changed a lot. But I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I think that, you know, from writings we have, we can kind of make some educated guesses, but I think it was just chilling for the most part and obviously singing and worshiping in some form, but maybe not the whole time because it was, yeah, I don't know. We serve a good God. We have the only God to my knowledge that says, hey, chill. Right, exactly. He literally nice. He literally wants to come into our life, and, and we talked about this morning how Jesus said, uh, you know, I will give you rest was what he said. It's Rest is not something that can be pursued. Uh, rest is something that means we actively let go and let him do what he does. Um, and going back to Genesis 1 and 2, um, you know, after the setup work of creation was over, um, he now takes control. He is now resting in his resting place that he's created, and he is in control. And he has never stopped being in control. You know, his ceasing, his resting was just a transition into him actively, you know, doing what the, the temple was made for. And that was, you know, being his where he calls the shots from. You know, right. Enjoying what he's created. Exactly. And yeah. And he's he's active in that same place today. He is in in his temple here and he is um, he's ready to do it. We just we have to make space for him because he's not going to force us to 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 rest in him. Um, so take that take that encouragement and uh, and rest in him today. Um, that's the that's the promise that, you know, I mean, there's a there's a couple layers to Sabbath rest in Hebrews, but you know, on its face value, like the, the rest that, 
you know, the Sabbath rest the Israelites experience, we can experience that same rest in a different way today. So it's yeah, good I, talk. I guess like looking at that in modern in a modern sense, it makes sense, you know, the busy work of constantly go, 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 go work and this, that and the other thing to just well, I guess we celebrate on the sun on sun Sunday. Right. Where it's chill, spend time with your family, you know. That's a great way to rest. You know, spend time with your wife. It's relaxing. It helps you. Uh, uh, I can't think of the word like communicate, whatever. Just you know, rest. Be with your yeah. family. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Well, good talk, man. Thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for filling in. Of course. And if thanks you're watching this, um, we put um, you know we put a new episode out every week um, on Tuesday evenings generally. And um, you know if you're watching this, feel free to uh, share with your friends. The clip goes up on YouTube. Um, after it airs live in our Facebook group and um, we put up clips every week as well of different things from the conversation that we thought were good uh, feel free to share with your friends invite your friends to the Facebook group uh, because we're you know we want to we want to have more people in our community um, but other than that uh, I love you church and we'll see you next week see you